You're listening to the Heat Ratio Podcast, brought to you by the Heat Ratio Sports Network. This show brings the temperature of sports to a whole new level. Whether it's a local opinion or a national agenda, everything is fair game. Remember, everyone has an opinion, but only few can back it up. Now sit back, crank up the volume, and if you think you can handle it, get ready for the heat. Everybody, Heat Ratio episode number 134. Mikey Goose, John Coker, Tony Jigs, Alcatillo, Coach Dave Dixon will join us in a little bit. But again, we have so much to talk about, boys. I, I mean, we're, we're going to recap the Eagles game, talk about the Eagles are on a bye. Thank God they did put us through enough stress in one game about like, against a Ben Denucci like Cowboys. Unbelievable. Uh, we're going to talk about Phillies, and I know Mikey Goose is ready because I'm talking about little Ruben Amar Jr. bringing back back up the clock and maybe bring him back. Ben Simmons talk. We're talking NBA Big Five. We're going to talk a little music. What's in John's CD closet? Look at that. Look at that CD closet behind John right now. There is some gold in in there and I cannot wait for him to pull a random CD out so we could talk about it. And we're gonna talk about 30 years ago today, the number one rap song that entered the Billboard charts the first time ever. We'll get to that later. But we're gonna have to run right into the Eagles. And I'm just gonna listen, I'm gonna pass this mic right to Mikey Goose because I know he is hot. He texted me, he wanted to make sure he was ready to go tonight. Mike, this let, let, let's just start it off, man. Carson Wentz, Philadelphia Eagles, Doug Peterson. Game against the Cowboys, barely won. Talk to me. What are you feeling, buddy? Okay, well, I think that the majority of the people that follow this show would agree that I don't make a lot of sense most of the time. I'm usually irrational and just shoot off the cuff. So let me let me just say what I think everybody's thinking. Carson Wentz is a train wreck. He's an embarrassment. And I don't know what happened to this guy. And we say the same thing every week. But was it four turnovers in like 30 minutes or something? What's going on with this guy? I mean, the offense was so bad. They were struggling to beat the Fanucci guy up until uh, halftime. You know, and everybody toasted me last week when I said I thought this was going to be a crazy game and I was worried about it. And look, yeah, we won. But I think that the coaching staff had every right to pull this guy. I really thought that they were going to pull him, you know, and I thought it was coming. I mean, good thing that they didn't because it sort of worked out, you know. I mean, he actually gritted up and won the game. The dude just went, you know, he just wins in the fourth quarter. I don't know what this is with this guy. He plays like complete garbage, and then he somehow pulls out a win. Now, I don't know if you can actually count a win because it's the Cowboys, and the Cowboys are playing some of the worst football that I've ever seen. You know, they're absolutely terrible, but they struggled for the first you know, the first half. I mean, they tried to give the game over and over and over to the Cowboys. Carson Wentz looks lost. Like, what was that play when he was spinning around and just threw the ball up in the air? Like, what is that? I didn't even see rookies do that stuff. So, you know, I know I've been very, very critical of Wentz, and I've also been, you know, uh, I, I I give Wentz his due when, when, he, when, he, when he wins and he grits it out. I have no problem saying that, but how long is this guy going to continue to play like this where it's going to start costing game after game? He's gotten lucky the past couple of games. I mean, he tanked a couple of games for us in the beginning. I don't know what to say, but we're all thinking this guy's a bust and we need to move on. We're all thinking that. We all are. We all. And I'll tell you what, before I even go to John, if Andy Dalton 
or Dak Prescott is the quarterback of this team. We get smoked, smoked in that game. Smoke smoked. checked. Smoked. Absolutely smoked. Smoked. Uh, our boy Mike V checking in. What's up, Mike? Uh, Jenna trolling us with cars for everything. That's nice. I'll tell you what, man. I, I, she says, I think Wentz fits perfect in Philly. I'll tell you. What if they let, 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 real fast? I don't want to get off the rails here, but because I know she's a San Francisco girl. What about all those pot? The, the, the like the whole the whole team is is out on COVID right now in San Francisco. Like breaking news: Brandon Ayuk, Trent Williams, everybody, Debo, everybody's getting tested. Pot. It's not a good thing right now. No. Not a good thing. But uh, you know, we're, we're we're worried about our play here, right? Uh, Andre checking in. Let's go. And Mike, you're one hundred percent correct. How can you not watch that game and wonder how? Again, this is week eight. This isn't week two, and I I said this before. I'm I'm tired of the excuses. There can't be any more excuses. And I said this the other day with flip floppers. You know, I've heard from everybody when I said I want a little bit of Jalen Hurts. I heard all the excuses about Carson Wentz about he doesn't have a number one guy. Right? Okay, doesn't have a number one guy. So now everybody's telling me Travis Fulgham is elite and he's a number one guy. So he then you're telling me he does have a number one guy. So what what is the argument here? The the argument the argument is McNabb had Charles Johnson and you just all McNabb did with that stiff and and yeah. uh, and Pinkston McNabb just got it done and yeah, I'm no McNabb, McNabb guy you know that but I think that as the days go by and uh, as I get older as we all get older we appreciated what we have and we talked about this obviously in previous weeks but if you really want to drill it down to that type of comparison good quarterbacks seem to get things done and these guys this Fulgham guy is you know he's pretty damn good Ward is good i mean they got some really good players on the team they're they're coming out of nowhere and we want to call them oh they're not superstars or they're not true number ones but these guys have obviously shown that they can play point is he's got enough weapons to do that and, and the fact that he doesn't even if he didn't you don't do that throwing that pass up in the air like like this is just this is amateur hour man it's major, amateur hour and peterson is costing us games these dumb calls on fourth down. He's completely lost his mojo. He's making boneheaded call after boneheaded call. What? what I don't, I, 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 I don't even know what else mojo? to say. Did it's he this... ever have mojo? See, I mean, here's my problem. Again, uh, I'm going to say this again. Go ahead, John. I'm you talking a bit, but I'm going to say I'm going to say this one fit one quick thing before you talk. I say this again. Who else was banging down the door for Doug Peterson? Explain to me, who else? Doug Peterson needed a vote of confidence from Andy Reid. He needed a phone call from Andy Reid to even get on the list. Nobody was interviewing Doug Peterson. Nobody. Nobody. And again, I told you, I know he wants, I get it, but he had such a tremendous supporting cast when we talk about the coaching element. So I'm just telling you, this is what Doug Peterson is. He hasn't changed. It's the same Doug. It's the same Doug, John Gabby. Yeah. Yes, this is Doug Peterson, but Doug Peterson got that team together for that year. So you could hate all you want on Doug Peterson now today. And yes, I think he's coaching very poorly today, but I truly believe without Doug Peterson, Eagles do not win the Super Bowl. I'm just saying that flat out, period. Okay. All right. So I'm just, look, yeah, no, right now what he's doing is trash, complete trash. My biggest thing, look, dude, what you cannot have four turnovers, period. You cannot have four turnovers. Okay. This game was, I mean, I was, I seriously was asleep before halftime. I woke up and I was barely awake for the end. But like I saw, I watched all the highlights or whatever lights there were. I mean, it was, I seriously, the whole time I slept, there was no difference. 
I like I fell asleep. It was like one score. I wake up, boom. If it's not for that uh for that last uh sack fumble, I mean they're driving Cowboys are winning the damn game. I mean, that's what I'm sitting there. I'm watching this. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. I woke up before and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. So look, Wentz can't do that. But it, this is what I have to say about Dougie P, especially like right now. Wentz is out there. He's like trying to play street ball or something and has exactly. no communication with. I feel like he went to a different township, was the first pick, and he's playing with a bunch of kids that he don't know what he's doing with. All right. Why is Doug Peterson not calling a better game plan, calling better, easier routes, just getting the basics done to get him in a rhythm so that he doesn't have to just go off off the cuff and start trying to play street ball? I mean, truthfully, that's that's one of my biggest things. Look, Wentz is not playing good, period. I still stick by the notion I think the Steelers will give you guys a fifth round pick, or at least I would if I'm running the Steelers. I'll give you a fifth round pick for uh, Wentz. But look, I think he has a talent, but I mean, he's in a terrible situation. I'm not talking about situation of receivers. The coach is not helping him. Like he's, he's hurting just him. Not help- he's hurt. Yes, 100%. What's you the know, connection with Willie Beeman and uh, and McNabb? Yeah. I just saw. What was that? Yeah, I was going to ask Andre about. That. That's our boy Andre checking it. If Willie Beeman never existed, we wouldn't have an issue with McNabb at all. Who? I, I'm not. Steeman Willie Beeman. Andre is going to have to elaborate. Wait, a little Willie bit on Beeman that. was uh, wasn't that? Um, oh, any given Jamie, Sunday. Jamie Fox. And, sure. Yeah. Oh no! It's a little. It's a little heated between Molly and Jenna inside the comment section here, man. Might have to get a referee shirt on pretty look, soon. Look, I, <laughs> I, I, dude, I, I just gotta say one thing. I mean, look, injuries can never dictate anything, but Jimmy G was not the right move, even if you doubled his stats from that game. <laughs> listen, listen, I, I'm gonna say, you know, it, it's making me laugh, Tom, because you're talking about Doug P, and I, I can't give Doug P a lot of credit. Never could, never will. It's just not my nature. My, my Super Hicks, Bowl Cali year. Su- not Super, Super Bowl year. Listen. All I'm going to tell you, all I'm going to tell you is, you know how they do the blindfold Pepsi and peanut butter test? Okay. What I want, I want to do, listen, this is what I want to do. I want to do a test where you blindfold somebody and you go to a press conference and have three guys talking. And I guarantee, that's a rock reference, by the way. I guarantee that Doug Peterson sounds like the biggest stiff out of all three of them. That there's no way that you pick him to be a head coach. You're going to be like, who's that? Who's that guy? That, does he drive a bus? Like, what is this guy talking about? Like, at the, again, this is what I talk about, man. This is, <laughs> do you remember how much we would rip Peterson before uh, the Super Bowl? We'd destroy him. He was destroyed every week, and then the guy won the Super Bowl, and then all of a sudden he became the greatest head coach. And we all had love for Peterson, but I'm just going to drill it down to this, okay? I'm going to – that's right, Willie Beeman used to throw up in the huddle. Nice, Andre. That's oh, the Andre, connection. Okay, he's right. All right, but um, if, if you go back to Peterson, right, think about it. 
I mean, we were all we were always making fun of this guy. We were always destroying him. We were always saying, oh, the Eagles are always the smartest people in the room. They got to pick some dark horse coach that nobody wanted. And just remember, guys, and I don't know who was on that list that year, but I believe all the coaches that everybody wanted that was on the list that year, they all stunk, and I we wound up winning the Super Bowl. Adam Gase, bro. You were your Adam Gase guy. I remember that. All right, I think we all were, right, to a certain point. But if you remember, and listen, this is the thing that gets me the most about Peterson when I'm still trying to figure out whether or not he's a good coach. The players really do like playing for him or at least they did I think there's some division in the locker room today but we'll get to that but I think that when you when you drill it down to the Philly special right the iconic play in Philadelphia football history Foles suggested that Thank Peterson's you. face when Foles suggested it said he's okay yeah let's do it he looked like he was nervous he looked like he didn't look confident. It was he didn't call that. Foles called it, and he tried now, to pull back. Remember, he was like, "Hey, maybe we shouldn't do that, right?" And then he did it, and then it worked out, right? And yep. then, you know, obviously, the rest is history. But you know, and I'm not saying that I'm not trying to take anything away from him, man. And we've had this conversation plenty of weeks. It takes a special kind of person to you know keep 57 multi-millionaires all focused on the same goal keeping them out of trouble and and dominating the best people that in that are in their industry right so there's that is a a monumental task and peterson got it done okay but i don't know what's going on with him i don't know if he's a little punch drunk a little living on the super bowl or what but he's completely lost he is he, he, he absolutely is I mean, he, he cannot do anything right right now. Yeah. I'm sorry. He cannot do anything right, 100%. So here's my thing. You know, we, we keep talking about Carson Wentz not having it. I, I, you know, I was I was going back and forth with people all night last night talking about giving me – I went live for about an hour, and it was like, hey, Donovan had Brian Westbrook. Okay. Donovan had Brian Westbrook, but for how many years? Last time I checked, he had a bunch of stiffs at running back too. Stiffs. Danell Autry. Danelle Autry, Dorsey Levins, Reno Mahe. Come on, man. Like, like, let's wake up a little bit. These are the guys Autry. he had. Reggie wow. Brown, Nay Brown, James Stratz, Todd Stinkston. Okay, the, Charles Johnson, Torrance Small, Chad Lewis, Jeff Thomason, LJ Smith. We can go down the list. Like, like, seriously, we have to start realizing we can't make excuses for Carson Wentz every single week. Think about how week. bad that team that you just named really is. Think about it. Every one of those guys were complete stiffs, and we ro I, I was a I, I roasted McNabb. Yep. We all did. Yep. A lot of us did. And I feel stupid about it now, to be totally honest. I really, really do, because that was a team of of stiffs. And and look at the production that he had. Carson Wentz has got guys that are ten times better than any of that trash heap, and he he still can't get it done. I'm tired of the excuses for Wentz, I, and I it can't. seems like Peterson is 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 just he's an enabler. He's an enabler. It's like it's like his kid at home. Well, here's the thing. He he backtracked a little bit. The first, this is what I will say, and he bet for the first time. Mike, for the first time, I've heard Doug Peterson backtrack. He was asked after the game instantly about, did you ever have it? No, nope, no, nope, that conversation never came up. Never thought about it, right? But then the next day, after he watched some game film, they asked him again. You know what he said? Well, you know what? Nate and Jalen, we have to make sure they're ready for any given time. He backtracked. 
He knows something's up because we talked about this on his show. Doug's playing. I don't care how many Super Bowls he won, how many championships he won. doesn't matter. He's playing for his job. We we have seen this every single year. Coaches get fired in, in year when you least expect it, right? And he's coaching for his job. So he knows watching that film, something's not right with Carson. And he may have to make a move. He may have to make a move because ultimately, again, this is about winning football games. You have that whether we want them to win it or not, the NFC East is there for them to win. It is. It's there for them to win. And Carson Wentz giving the ball up two to three times a game is not going to work. I want guys. We watched a graphic go up where he was being compared to Kirk freaking Cousins. Think about that. That's not where I want my franchise quarterback to be. Definitely, to. definitely not. No. Let me ask you this though, but in all reality. Do you think a one-game benching can actually get his head right? Because I personally do. I personally think he has it. I think he's just been given such a long leash that he's just out there like a a dog roaming, doing whatever the heck he wants, and he is not reined in. If you give him a warning, you give him a little bit of that that shock collar, then all of a sudden you say, go in your cage and you sit there for a week and think about it. Then you come back out. Now you think about how you want to play quarterback for this team. And I truly think that would make wonders for Carson Wentz. Possibly. Remember that report that came out? It was Alshon that was talking all that crap. Remember? And he was saying how the, you know, the locker room's divided and Carson is a very selfish player and he does what he wants and he's running all over him. Tell me this doesn't look like whatever he was saying was true. And all of a sudden, Alshon has been blacklisted. We don't know what's wrong with him. They keep saying he, somehow he managed to injure his foot when he was when he was out. I, like, what, did he, what did he do, trip down the stairs? They're shutting him up. Yes. He came out and he exposed the dirty laundry. Again, this is my guess. I have no idea what I'm talking about, disclaimer. But my guess would be that he came out and uh, you know he exposed the dirty laundry, and they and they stuck him in the corner, and then they went with Wentz because it just looked like there's no plan. Wentz is just running around like John said; he's playing street ball. He's throwing the ball up. He's in the you don't know what you don't know who's driving the bus. Peterson's going for it on every fourth down. I swear they could be on their own ten yard line, and that bonehead would go for it on fourth down. He comes out looking like this genius. Oh, here comes Doug Peterson. He's going to go for it again on fourth down, and you just know it's a disaster. You know it's a disaster, and then when he plays light. And he plays scared. He calls Jake Elliott out, and he misses at the worst possible time. Just Come on, Jake. One job to do, Jake. One job. <laughs> One job, man. Listen, you're, uh, you're you know you're sitting on the sideline eating cheese. It's kicking into the friggin' neck. Exactly. Right? Boxes Come of cheese. It's. That's it. What are you man? doing? You got one job to do. Who was that boneheaded kicker that I couldn't stand with the hair? He was. He was a. He came from Dallas. He had that weird Chris last name. Boneyel. Exactly. <laughs> Chris. Boneyel, exactly. I don't know why that guy's name just popped into my head. He was terrible. He was terrible. Terrible. You know, I could have I could have went 50 years and never heard that dude's name again. And somehow you brought it up like 50 years. Educated Philadelphia Eagle fans, bro. That's what it's all about. Educated Philadelphia fans. Uh, Chess says my Eagles are dangerous. Oh, wait. Never mind. They play in the NFC East. Uh, Andre, check. The only wide receiver McNabb ever had, only for a short period of time, was, was T.O. Agreed. Right? And look what happened. And look, and look, and look what, exactly. Look what happened. 
Uh, 100%. Andre says the best thing that can happen for the Eagles this year is benching Carson in one of the quarters he stinks up the joint to let him know it's real out there. I, I Listen, that's what I'm talking about, right? That's what I'm talking about. At the end of the day, and Mike, you alluded to this as well. You know, we talk about we, lo- we love Marcus Hayes. It, you know, the pieces that he writes are spot on to me every single week. I know Mike agreed. We, 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 we talk about it all the time. And he suggested, just like you said, John, maybe he needs a break. I mean, listen, it was funny, but it was real. Marcus said, hey, go to Puerto Rico for a couple weeks. Like, get a vacation. I mean, he made some wow. good points. Here's a, a first-year father, first-year husband, hits the COVID thing. Everything's messed up. Maybe, maybe he just has too much on his plate right now. I don't know. But one thing is for sure, and I know Al, what's up, Al? As always, stop and check it. He says, stop and not benching my start quarterback. It is in college football. Al, I, I, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, your job is to win football games. And if your guy is giving up football game, listen, you mean it to tell me this right now. I guarantee that Sean Payton is having conversations right now about thinking giving Drew Brees the hook. I'm telling you. You know why? Because he wants to win. And he knows right now Drew ain't the guy. Drew is not the guy anymore. There's a problem out there. (laughs) Dude, you cannot put that. (laughs) Drew Brees is not Carson Wentz. No. I I hear what you're saying. No. Drew Brees is not getting the hook. I don't think that's a conversation that's happening. Now, should Wentz get the hook? It is what, look, you could say a quarter, a game, I don't even know if it's get your head. I don't know what it is, but there needs to be some type of, look, you're not the golden child that's just going to be able to do what you do. And I don't think that he's privileged. I don't, you know, Mike, you talked about the locker room separation. Nobody knows what happens in a locker room. I've heard as close as it could get than in the locker room or being with a reporter that Roethlisberger is not a good guy. Okay, like yeah, you know, I'm that's just putting saying, it like, lightly. I've seen him. Yeah, I've seen him out at bars before, right? A couple times, not. But hey, look, people mature. Look, he's not there now. Not neither here nor there. But the point is, like, look, you don't know what happens in the locker room. But the point is, he needs to realize that his job is on the. It's on the line. Like you can't just keep riding that. I mean, and was it Andre that said, like, you keep starting your starting quarterback? All right, then what if you lose another game and then another game? Like, at what point, at what point does the avalanche of underperformance, like, you have to pull it at some time? You're not going to ride him on an eight game losing streak. You know what I mean? If, if that continues to happen. So at some point, it's like, when is the trigger? That's what that's what yeah, I'm but saying. They're, and that's a great point, John. But I would say you're right, a hundred percent. But I think that because he shows these flashes of absolute brilliance, the reason why they drafted this guy is because he's able to make these unbelievable plays, and we've seen him do that this year. The problem is, is that when he makes these plays, everybody jumps on him saying, Oh, you know, he's that's why that's Carson Wentz, that's my quarterback. But when he screws up, I, I just feel like there's no accountability. And the inconsistency of the guy in, in the, having this many years in the league is very concerning, right? So, yeah, he's able to make these crazy plays. He's able to grit it out on the end. And he's able to win some of the games that we probably should have lost. But then again, he lost a lot of our games too. So there's definitely mixed signals. And 
we don't know if he's not coachable. We don't know if any of the Alshon story is true or not. We can only, like John said, we don't know what's going on in the locker room. We can make assumptions here until we're blue in the face. But one thing is for certain, he doesn't look like he's learning from his mistakes and he's continuing to make mistakes that players that have a lot of less experience make. So those excuses are gone. He's got weapons around him. You can't keep giving him excuses. And if he needs a break, like Marcus says, and usually Marcus is always on point, and I definitely agreed with his piece when he said that, but I also kind of sort of disagree in a way that there's 32 people in the world that could that have that job, and you don't get $130 million because you need a break. The great ones don't need breaks. You don't get breaks for $130 million. You're a quarterback of the NFL team. No, you figure it out. And, That's a great point. Look, I, and not to not to chime in, but you know what really annoys me is it's like, yeah, you give Wentz a breakthrough week three, week four, week five. Like, at what point is it like, dude, you got to do your job? You know what I mean? At some point. We're now sitting here in week eight still waiting. Yeah, there, no question he has all the talent in the world. Sure. We've seen that he could do it. You know what I mean? We've seen flashes. We've seen a season where he was on an MVP caliber pace. All right. And you can't tell, don't tell me about the weapons. The weapons are a piece. Don't get me wrong. It was his confidence. His confidence and his decision making were the biggest difference to me. But the bottom line is like you keep saying, all right. Yeah. No question. I'm not overreacting in week three. I'm not overreacting in week five. Now we're halfway through the year. And we have not seen, I mean, it's still the same up and down. It could be one half to the next half. It could be one game to the next game. It could be a bad opponent and a good opponent. He comes back against Baltimore. You think he's back. Then all of a sudden you come down, you, you four turnovers against Dallas and you, and there's six minutes left in the game and they're driving the score and you're going to lose. And in, in, in the worst division in football, in recent memory. Like, everybody just jokes about the NFC East, right? Nobody ever joked about the NFC East. The NFC East always brought the heat. They were always competitive. It was always smash-mouth football. It was always like this. And then, you know, you would just think that some of these other teams would have, be would have gotten better, you know, and have crept up on us. And the fact that, you know, we can only... Um, you can only be very thankful that Jerry Jones and that inept cowboy organization, they can't see their hand in front of their face, so they just keep making mistakes over and over again. And then you got that other doofus, Daniel Snyder, that he's the worst. That whole organization is complete garbage. It's been garbage forever. They suck. The last good quarterback they had was Mark Rippon, and he was a statue and a stiff. Don't even get me started on, on that team. That team is horrible, and they they don't they don't they don't. There's no there, there's no roadmap for them at all. And then you got the Giants; they're a complete mess. So, who is Doug Peterson? You know, is he Jim Fossil? Is he Barry Switzer? Is that his legacy? Jim Fossil. I love Jim Fossil. I think that is to a T, one hundred percent. Jim Fossil. Oh my yes. God. We have Jim Fossil. Uh, but listen, Mike, you're right. Let, 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 get out. I like this comment because I, I'm going to go back and out for a minute. Right. This has had a couple of bad games. Not every game has been bad. Just last season, he had 27-7, and seven, not on his last leg. It has been two seasons of this. Listen, here's the problem. They're 3-4-1. Carson Wentz has won you three games. Carson Wentz has lost you four games. That's that, that. This is what has happened. And... My point is, 
I'm going to say this name, and I, I and, and this was brought up on a show probably about two months ago, and I've been trying to get it out of my head, but I can't. Somebody mentioned the name Blake Bortles, and and, and oh. I, 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 I listen, I oh. right, and it was scary. I didn't want to think about it. God, and now that Al puts us up at twenty-seven and seven, it's it it, it it it's a possibility, boys. It's a possibility. Listen, I'll, I'll, I hope I'm wrong. Okay, I do. I, I I do. But the thing is, we can pull up stats all day long. Okay, the stat that we have to pull up is the turnovers. That is what you have to pull up. We can talk about forty touchdowns. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, John. You know as well as I do. You can't keep giving the ball up more than you score. You just One can't. One hundred percent. And no, the only thing that I was going to say is you can't just look at the number of turnovers. You got to look at how they come. If it's a offensive lineman swatting the ball three times, if it's your receiver having hit off his shoulder three times, that is not Wentz this year. I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Like you can, there have been quarterbacks where they've had bad interception years where it was like, it's really not his fault. Or like he's going to win the game at the end of the game and throws a pick and he has it hit off of like two chests. You know what I mean? And, and tip balls and stuff. But yes, I agree. Wentz's uh, picks this year and his, his turnovers, that's not tied to that. I'm, so, I'm a little partial to Blake Boyles because I won um, that year where he was. I know you were going to remember this tone. Uh, I won the fantasy Super Bowl with this guy. Remember in the fourth quarter, you mean he have zero points going into the fourth quarter? He would throw three or four garbage touchdowns. Yeah, I won that fantasy league specifically for him. And this, you know, this this uh, Carson Wentz comparison, it's sort of eerie. It's it it is. It's very eerie, and I hate it. I hate it. I can't remember who brought it up. It might have been Trevor. One of our one one of our favorite brought it up, and I I swear, man, it was. Again, uh, it was scary. I'm, I'm trying to think about it, but it always comes up. Uh, Andre, spot on. What's really weird is that when at the end of the season comes, the new narrative will be the Eagles are always the unpredictable team nobody wants to play. They're healthy now, right? That's going to, oh, they're all healthy now. They're back. And I'm going to bring that up in a second. Um, Jenna Jackson Carson leads the league with INTs. Lisi leads something. It's a good point, now, Jenna. So Very good point. Uh, hey. 9% of games won have won on two to three plays in a game. When your quarterback has four turnovers, your chances are slim to none to win. That's Andre checking in. Tremendous statement, right? This is what we're talking about. Last comment before we comment. Al, only in Philly do we have no patience, and the backup quarterback is the favorite player. Oh, he's right. We've been doing this since Vic. We did this with everybody. I mean, it's always the same thing with us. He's right. It is. It is. But sometimes it's warranted. It is. Sometimes Sometimes. it's warranted. And and right now, you, you again not not to go back because I know I know Jenna's messing around. I love it, but she's right. I mean, we have Carson Wentz right now leading the league in interceptions. It, it listen, it, you can't lead the league in interceptions. You can't, and you can't be one of the, he's one of the top two quarterbacks in the last three years about giving up the ball in the huddle with the fumbles. So this guy, he's got a major issue, and he still says we're learning. I'm learning, Carson. 27 years old bro 27 years old you've been in the league for how long now five years six listen it's come a time it's come a time where you have to accept what you're doing and you got to stop saying i got to do better god damn it just do it then do better then 
Right? Just do better. Or stop saying it. We dealt with that crap for 15 years with Andy oh. Reid. I got to do a better job. Really? Oh, we didn't know that. Stop exactly. Stop pointing out the obvious. And I know that that Peterson was coached from Andy Reid. I'm sure he sat him down and said, listen, this is how you deal with the Les Bowens of the world. This is how you deal with the Howard Eskins and the Marcus Hayes and all the people that ask challenging and difficult questions from the Philadelphia press. You just deflect, give them a very vanilla answer. Don't show any emotion. That drove us crazy. But when Ray Rhodes was the coach and he was all emotion, Ray Rhodes is like, oh, you know what? You got to act like they're going to come into your house and they're going to they're gonna kill your family and uh, steal from you. And he got everybody riled up. Buddy Ryan got everybody riled up. And then Peterson just, he doesn't. And that calm demeanor seemed to work when we were winning. But now we're losing. And we're not just losing. Like John said, we're losing in ways that we shouldn't be losing. They're doing dumb things. I mean, if Carson came down to the, if it came down to the end, and Philly played a great game, and they just lost six, seven in a row, and they were, you know, one and seven, one and eight. We wouldn't care. But it's just the way that they're playing. It's all sloppy. Everybody's constantly injured. There's tons of excuses. Nobody knows what's going on. Marty Mornwig is somehow still involved. There's no offensive court. Why is this guy still involved? Why is he here? I'm telling you, man, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. All, all, all I can say is, thankfully, Here's the thing, too. Here's the thing. It's and, sickening, and man. It's and I want to move on a little bit because we we, we have an extra week. No, no. Yeah, I'm going to get to you, John. I'm just saying. We, ha- we have an extra week to talk about Eagles football, which is great. So, you know, it gives us more to elaborate on the show because I'm going to get to some very other intriguing questions and very intriguing topics. But, John, go ahead. What do you got, buddy? No. I, uh, Molly said the Washington football team doesn't deserve a name. <laughs> and what I want to know, this is right. what I want right. to know, He's and right. I would, I want, I want to hear both of your takes on this. All right, we we know we're crapping on Wentz. This is what I want to know. Week seventeen, mm-hmm. Eagles, Redskins, Redskins have won quite a few recently. They're not the Redskins anymore. Oh, I'm sorry. The the Washington. I uh, see that. I'm giving, I'm giving them a name. The Washington football team. Can we just say this? Washington? You know what? The past few games, they lost to the Redskins. Now they're the Washington football team. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So So my point is, does week 17, is that for the division against the – no? No. Eagles have it on lock or the Giants? I think – listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I I think as crazy as it sounds, I think the Eagles win the division, and I think they, they have it wrapped up. By the time they play the Washington football team, just just my opinion. I think I think that the Cowboys are a dumpster fire. They're gone. It doesn't. <laughs> you matter. know that's putting it nicely, right? They're gone. They are. Mike McCarthy fired. Gone. I I, I just think that whole team's a train wreck right now. He's I don't know terrible. what happened. Yeah, I, I I don't know. The Giants. Listen, Joe Judge. You look like a used car salesman. Like, congratulations. You're a football coach. Really not that good, though. You're bitching about a call last night. Stop it. Just stop. You lost. It is what it is. Your quarterback sucks. It's a shame. Danny Dimes, terrible. He's a terrible quarterback. What happened Thank to him? God. We don't have what Danny ha- Dimes. What happened to him? I don't know. I don't know. Dude, he's 3-15 and 15 in his last 18 games. That is horrendous. It's horrendous. It is. That's horrendous. That listen now. If you're if you're Danny, listen. If Carson Wentz is on that team, and with, with the receivers that they have, and he can't win, that then there's an even bigger problem. I mean, at least this guy's got some weapons, right? I, I 
I don't get it. I just I, well, you don't yeah, get the game. Don't have an offensive line. He doesn't have a yeah, well, that's yeah, right. That's, that's right. A, that's a that's a huge difference. I'm not that's sticking true. up from Danny Dimes, but but Danny, you get Danny Dimes' nickname because he was good. He, he was showing a lot of promise, and then I don't know. I don't pay much. I don't pay attention to. The, I don't pay attention to the Eagles. I really don't pay attention to anything else. But I I mean, his fall from grace was fast and hard. Yeah, yeah, very hard, very, very hard. So what, the Washington dumpster fires. That's like a good that. point by Molly. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we should try that. Maybe we should try to uh, trademark that name, Molly. The Washington dumpster fire. I like com. Yeah, I like that. I definitely like that. But before we move on, I because I I way too late last week, so I want to get this Eagles survey. I'm telling you, nobody's getting this. If so, I, I'm telling you right now, I I will be utterly shocked unless somebody honestly tells they Google it. Somebody gets it. Okay, we do a trivia question every week. Uh, we, we we keep it eagle centric uh, because again we're talking birds and and we'll change it up once we get out of football season I'll keep it sixer centric or philly centric or or even flyers who knows we'll 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 keep it going but for right now eagles question heat ratio question of the week of eagles quarterbacks with at least 500 attempts who has the best completion percentage of all time there's your question right I, I- there there's, there's nobody's gonna get this, okay? But I, I'm, I'm gonna tell you, you drilled down hard for this one. You went, yes. you fished really deep on this to. one. Okay. I gotta get a good one, man. All right, but, but I'm gonna say this. All right, and this is all I know about whoever this person is. He's a complete stiff. That I know. That, I know, I know that that's what it is. I have no idea who this person is, but I know this guy. When you mention the name, we're all gonna crack up laughing. This guy's a stiff, right? He's a stiff. Andre checking in, Jeff Garcia. No, it's good guess, though. It's good guess, but it's not Jeff Garcia. Oh, he's he's much worse than that, Andre, I'm sure. Hey, Andre says the greatest show tonight so far is Jenna versus Molly. I think we're in the fourth, you know, fourth round. We're, we're going like 10 rounds. There. This is going to go to a decision, I think. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's getting hardcore. I like it. This is like they, they, they have their own. Uh, where are they? Where are they playing UFC? Uh, at Dubai? They're out like in Dubai, man. Uh a coy de- wow, Coy Detmer, Molly says. That's a wow. great guess. That's a great guess. It's that not Coy was. Detmer, but that, is that was guess. better than my guess. What was your guess, John? Uh, that was that was digging deep, Molly. That's well, don't, deep. don't guess. Don't guess. Just in case yeah. you got it. I want to see if somebody gets it. Uh, but yeah, wow, Coy Detmer. Remember, I got, I got, I got. St- I'm just picking a stiff. It's a total shot in the dark. But I'll take a guess at the end of the show. Yeah, take a guess at the end of the show. I like it. Uh, she and I need our own segment. Oh, let's go. I, I keep telling you, man. We'll, you know, we, we get the quad box up there. We'll, ha- we'll have the, you know, both you guys or both you girls swing it out. I'm all, but uh, Andre says Bobby Hoying. That, that's another good guess. Not it. I'm that was that my, that was up, my right? guess. I, I had to validate that he played for the Eagles. <laughs> that was another one that we were quick to anoint. We were, oh, he was the savior, Bobby Hoying, and he turned Bobby, out to be another stiff. We were quick to annoy him. So let me get let me get to this question here. I'm going to stick to the football end before we start to move into basketball a little bit. And it's the Bill or Tom as a New England King. And the reason why I bring this up is because, guys, I don't know if you've seen the interview with Bill Belichick where he's crying about how the New England Patriots are broke. It's the only reason why they're losing right now. You know, he sacrificed all his money to win all his rings, and now they didn't have any money, so they, they had to sign Cam Newton, right? They, that's what he said. We had to sign Cam. We didn't have any money, right? So now, 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 come on, Bill. Seriously, you're killing me because I've had you as one of the best coaches of all time, and now I'm, just get, now I'm tired of it. 
now tired because now you sound like a blumbling idiot. Okay, stop. Okay, I don't. I, you didn't sign Cam Newton. You were ready to go in with what's his name, Stedman, right? Jared Are we talking about Stedman. the rookie? What? <laughs> Jared Stedman? Is that what? Are we talking about the pitcher for rookie of the year? Or are we talking about an NFL quarterback? That's well, how I know that name, right? Yes, that's wow. James Stedman from rookie of the year. That's exactly how I know. That. So, <laughs> so at the, like, here's my thing. You see what's going on in New England right now, and then you see Tom. In Tampa, for we all said most of us said this was Bill, but now I'm starting to think it was Tom, and it wasn't Bill because Bill could say what he wants, but he also drafted Inkeel Harry at the thirty sec at the thirty second overall pick, who really looks like he can't play that much. Right. So right. So so we have to start looking at the bad drafts that they've had as well, and we can't it, it, like it, it just bothered me. I don't know if you what you guys feel about that, but Tom or Bill is it shifting towards Tom now? Okay, so I would I would say just to jump in, um, not really knowing not really knowing too much about about that situation on the surface, though, it looks like now for, for one, it looks like that um, the mystique of of Belichick. I don't think you say things like that if you want to be widely regarded as one of the best head coaches. I just think that's you know you're looking for excuses when you start. You know, yes. saying that we didn't have any money and stuff like that. I mean, I did. I didn't think that was in his character. You know, Bill Belichick was always the the coach that reminded me that there was this certain aura about him or mystique or the discipline that that the uh, the Patriots uh, instilled and in, you know the system and everything else. Um, so you know, it it may have been a lot of that. And I think a lot of players that come out of the Patriots organization always they always they all say that. Um, but it, maybe it looks like that that Brady was more of an influence. You know, I want to say the glue that held it together for lack of a better phrase, but definitely, you know, more of that deciding factor because, you know, he's taken it to Tampa Bay and we're already see what he's doing there. The only issue I think I would have against that, right. Maybe is to counter that argument is if, if Belichick knew that he was, I don't want to say that he was garbage, but he knew that Brady was the driving force behind the Patriots organization. Then why would he let him go? You know why? Because he only he doesn't want to diminish his own uh, you know his own brand. He was always he won't put him in himself in a bad position, you know, to look bad. So why would he let him go? No, I you agree. know what? I th- I think Belichick he wanted to prove that his worth was more than Tom Brady's worth. Also, it was an ego thing. I that's what I believe. Yeah, it was. It, it doesn't matter. You go through press conferences. It was always Belichick's team. Belichick is always snide and yeah, we won. And well, you know, we got to, we got to do better than letting up 28 points when we put up 53 or whatever. You know what I mean? Just that's what it is. But the bottom line, the NFL was about a franchise quarterback. I'm sorry. And I, I, I am petrified for the day that Roethlisberger is not under center for the Steelers. And that's why I'm, I seriously would love to get Wentz. If the Eagles are done with them, I will take him. I wouldn't have minded having uh Jameis Winston just as something, because I'll tell you, we went through, wow. think about how many quarterbacks get drafted that don't turn out. Think about this. Seriously. A lot. A lot. I mean, there's tons of them. Mason Rudolph was the third round pick of the Steelers. All right, Duck Hodges comes in. He can't do it. Think back to the Steelers. Tommy Maddox, Neil O'Donnell. I mean, think about what the Browns have gone through for millions and millions of years. And But then you have that guy. 
the Russell Wilson, the McNabb. I don't care. You guys could say what you want. He took you to four NFC championship games. Maybe never gave you that, uh, that, that ultimate goal. But I will tell you, I would rather have that than 10 years of futility with a bunch of these knuckleheads that all these teams year after year throw out there. It is not easy to get that guy. And look, and Tom Brady, he there is no question he is one of the best, if not the best quarterbacks. They both played off of each other. Belichick, Brady made it easy for Belichick, all right? And Belichick came up with things to make it easy for Brady. But Brady's Brady is a coach behind center. Okay, so it took him a few years to get up to speed. He has the tools. He has Bruce Arians as his coach. Right. He's not some knucklehead. But Bruce Arians knows if I'm getting Tom Brady, I'm I got to win a championship this year. So when he tells me he wants to run the offense or wants to do something, how do you think they signed Gronk? How do you think they sound signed a B? How do you think they got Leonard Fournette? You like you kidding me? Like there is still. It wasn't from listening to Bruce Arians speak. I can tell you that's that. for sure. Right. Like because Bruce weird. Arians doesn't because Bruce Arians didn't want all these additional pieces either, though. He he was adamant about about not taking on Antonio Brown. Yeah, he was. He was adamant. He didn't want but him. Brady spoke his and he, here we are. They lost a couple games early. Now they're just kind of rolling. Now you got three receiver weapons. You got Gronk. You got two running backs. The defense is showing up. And now, like, think about this: if Bruce Arians coached the uh, Patriots with all the players that they did, all the signings they got, signing what? Who was it? Patrick Chung signed, getting James Harrison, getting ousted off of other teams, like all the guys that they got in free agency and built their team, like. They got him off the trash heap and made him into like stars. Like they just built a team. Mm-hmm. I'm, See, I'm I, saying. I, I know we're talking about the the Patriots here, but Amber's checking in, coming in bank on it that Jalen plays at least ten plays next game. I love that comment, and I hope that she's right. But what does that mean, though? Even, even if she is right, what does it? What does that mean? If he does, is it? Is it, they they split him out and they're doing all this trick stuff with him? That stuff isn't working. Those packages no, aren't no, working. No, I think I think she means he's actually going to take ten meaning uh, ten meaningful snaps as the quarterback. I hope so. Center. I hope so because I, if you watch this kid's highlights, and I don't know if you watch it on YouTube, and I don't know if you followed him in college, but I just went through his highlights the other day just to see. I mean, that kid, he can he can ball. Oh, he's balling in college. I don't know about the NFL, but he can ball. We want to see what he want. We we want to see what he can do. I you agree. know what? You know what I would love to see. I would love to see Jalen Hurts throw four passes, and you know what Doug Peterson's going to call? He's going to call a real dumb, dumb play to That's make sure. sure that he completes two to three of them. But he won't do that for Wentz to get the same freaking confidence that Wentz may need uh, versus him running around like a chicken. Because Johnny's not a good head coach. It's not a good. I never okay. said he was a good head coach. I said you would not have won the Super Bowl without him. That's it. And the one thing McNabb and Reed had with stability, they were together for a very, very long time, you know, and they were able to demonstrate a remarkable amount of success. They say this consistency is really big. I mean, you're working with the same manager, you're working with the same team over and over and over again. Every year that goes by, you're going to get better. There's just no question about it. You know, but Wentz being hurt and Peterson having to jump back and in and then with Foles and then this and that. And, 
you know, now the Flippo's here, and now he's not here, and then our boy Morning Wake comes back and throws a monkey wrench. And I, I swear it's that guy. It's something stinks with that guy, man. I, 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 I just, where he's been. They all stink. Yeah, they all suck. All of when them. When it was in Baltimore, they sucked. Sucked. The Jets, they sucked. I mean, I like think it, like seriously, it, it, the Jets, they sucked. I don't want to take you off on a tangent, but you just mentioned Jets. Who's the guy that um, Joe Douglas? Remember all the all the all the talk, and I know I know we're gonna go off here, but I, okay. I I, I want to say a couple of things about him, and I'm curious, Tone, because I thought about you guys, and I wanted to get your opinion on Joe Douglas when everybody said, "Oh, it was Joe Douglas that drafted this guy. Oh, he was great. Oh, he was great. It's not Howie, you know. Joe came in and we won the Super Bowl. Then he goes to the Jets, and it's garbage. Wow. Yeah, garbage. Garbage. Like really, like gar and and the one draft supposedly that was supposed to be his shining moment was 2017. Which is our draft that completely sucked. Yeah, it was terrible. I mean, we, we we like really terrible. Yeah, John. Or or is the garbage gaze? I still feel like like where the garbage goes to him. <sighs> I don't know. I, Maybe, I could be wrong. I'm just saying, like. <laughs> The, the maybe maybe the again though they just don't have anybody. Like, do you really like seriously? Is Sam Darnold really your guy? Like, is or is he just like another Kevin Cobb? Like, seriously, like Sam I Darnold. Don't but, I but don't do know. You, wow. But do you right? trade? Do you Cobb. trade Jamal Adams and so not use Lev Bell and then get rid of Lev Bell and they tra- who was the middle linebacker they traded to? Avery uh, Williamson. Well, no, I'm even saying before that didn't they? The, with the Ravens. CJ Mosley? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. They've been, uh, he comes in. There is no running back situation whatsoever. He got rid of the best defensive players that he had on the team. I'm like, what are you thinking? But yet you have the top three or whatever. When was Darnold drafted? Number three? Or I don't know exactly. But he was, uh, oh, he was up there. Yeah. I know that. So the he was bottom line is, so you draft that guy, and then you get rid of your three best defensive pieces. Like it makes no sense. Maybe he we was, should be happy without the Jets. Yeah, yeah, and and dude, I'll True. tell you what, Miami is swimming in the Gulf Seas without having Adam Gase there. You know what I mean? He he freaking he ruined two seasons for the Dolphins. He leaves, and all of a sudden, Miles Gaskin's a beast. You know what I mean? I'll tell you what, Gase uh-huh. is poison. John yeah, he's poison. I'm sure they're very happy now that they got two of though. Uh, Molly agrees it's Marty. Uh, Andre says last last game Jalen was lined up at wide receiver and didn't fool anyone. Yeah, absolutely, exactly. That was they don't a- work. Those packages don't work. No, and, 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 and go, go look at Drew Brees when when they put Taysom Hill in. Drew Brees on the sideline. He's not lining up at wide receiver. Like, dude, do you really dude, think he's getting the ball? If you were a D back, wouldn't you just take a gigantic shot? At Carson, oh. like completely try to take him yeah. out. If Peterson's rolling him out, split wide, and having him throw blocks, you imagine if are Ronnie you nuts. Lott, if Ronnie Lott's the secondary, think about oh, that. Or James Fulcher just coming over and just taking this head off, old school style. Exactly. Maybe thrown out of the league today. It, it's seriously like running the play action pass when you're averaging point five yards a carry. Like, Amber says she thinks Carson know. needs Frank R back, right? Uh, yeah, I, I I agree. I mean, it seems like Reich was it him or DiFilippo. We've talked about that. Maybe yeah, we're both right. We're both. And 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 seriously, that I, that was one piece that I didn't really touch on, but that really goes back to the Doug P. You know what I mean? Foles telling him what to do. It's he brought every all these geniuses together. He brought Foles together. He brought the 
the coordinators together like they were look he didn't have to do anything he just had to be the the nice guy in the middle to get everybody to agree to stuff and work the magic it wasn't his magic everybody else had the br brilliant plans he just made sure that it all he didn't even make sure he just made sure everybody was aligned that's it and also, saying doesn't have any help. They let the one wide receiver go, which he's talking about Robbie Anderson, who is turning into a number one wide receiver in Carolina. But again, is it the quarterback? Is it the coach? Because that's the Robbie Anderson that the Jets thought that they had. They let him go, and he is the guy under Teddy Bridgewater and Matt Rule. So at the end of the day, and Joe Brady, at the end of the day, who is it? We talked about this with the Eagles. You know, you, you get guys like City Jones and and get guys like uh, Rasul Douglas that go on and they play very well in different helmets and different colors. I mean, again, it's so hard to predict. It really is. But all I'm saying is I watch Sam Darnold play and I don't see it at all. I don't see it at all. Certain guys, like, listen, we, the Jets haven't had these tremendous quarterbacks over the years, right? I mean, come on. I mean, think about it. And I'll tell you what, when Joe Flacco came into the game, I mean, Joe Flacco, it, at least he hit passes. He was hitting guys in stride, right? He was doing something, right? And that's the problem. Like, what happens? Let's be, Before we swing over to the Sixers real fast, what happens again if Jalen Hurts gets in the game, okay, and he plays really well? Think about it. Like, if he plays really well, this is this is my one fear, and I keep saying this to everybody. And, John, you know this. I've said this even before Mikey became part of the show. I said, if Jalen Hurts gets in the game and he starts, he's never coming back out. I, I fully, As much as I, I think Carson just needs a break, I just think he's going to play well, and it's going to be really hard to put that guy on the bench. Really hard. That's po it's possible. I mean, if it, it, and if he starts playing well, I don't even think the guy needs to even start winning games. If he starts playing really well, you're going to have another quarterback controversy. And, you know, the city of Philadelphia is no stranger to that. We've always dealt with a quarterback controversy. And it, I think it was born in Philadelphia. But, you know, you're going to have that because you're going to have some people that are still going to go to bat for Wentz no matter what. See, the thing is with Wentz, man, I think it's a lot of it is psychological. Right. Um, but I also think that the reason why this guy makes the plays that he does and the reason why he was able to win so many games for us in 2017 is because when he would, you know, he had the dual threat, man, he would make these big plays when he was running and throwing the ball. And then then he got injured. Then he like, sort of held back in the pocket because I guess he was a little nervous or they were t trying to tell him not to run. Now, the you know, uh, he's completely off the leash. He's running around. He's doing whatever he wants. Um, it just doesn't look like there's any type of structure, you know? So um, I, I think the guy and, and, and he has all of this, it, a lot of this stuff is, is in his head and they know that they, he knows, I mean, come on, don't tell me that it didn't affect him, that they took a quarterback in the second round. Of course. I mean, it's just like anybody. I mean, you're, you're at a job and you're, you know, you're, you're the, you're the person, you're the man or whatever. And then they hire somebody else that has the same background as you. And that person's lurking around and he's learning from you. And it's almost like you're training him to replace you. He knows his time is limited. I mean, he definitely knows he's been injured so many times. So there's so many things that are going on right now. But if you're the Eagles, I mean, I guess you had to hedge your bet because you screwed up and every, every other move. So you had to do something in the event that the guy did get hurt. And he's a history of getting injured every year. So I don't blame them, I think, when and you brought up an interesting point on two weeks ago when you said, look, I don't blame them for drafting Hurts. And when you really think about it, the clarity comes. I don't blame them either because 
there's definitely something wrong with the guy and they're 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 not obviously telling it they're operating on a lot more information than we know we can only just make assumptions but i mean it is what it is i guess <laughs> I, w- I, w- no. I w go ahead, go ahead john go ahead no i wouldn't have drafted jalen hurts i would have traded for Jameis winston or getting a solid backup because dude if you're talking about a, a quarterback in Wentz that gets hurt every year, look, unless you're drafting like the heir apparent, which is not what you're drafting when you have. But how do you know that? Life. How do you know they they, they 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 say? How do you know they're not saying that we need somebody else? This guy's not the long-term plan. We don't know that. It certainly sounds like that, that that's what they're thinking. Because Eagles fans fast forward everything 50 million years in light speed because it was only three years ago that Nick Foles won the Super Bowl, but Carson Wentz was on pace to be the MVP. It was only the following year that he was still on pace for a good year and got hurt again. So he really hasn't had that much time where he was not performing or it wasn't there, where his the job was his 100%. Oh, sure. You're right. I mean, I, I, I hear what you're saying, but there just wasn't enough time. I, I listen. I I mean I understand what everybody's saying, and I get it, and I hear it, and I and I know everybody. Listen, I play to all the trolls that say we're dumb. The people that say, "Oh, they want a bench cutter," so dumb. Everybody's so dumb, right? Everybody wants to make excuse. Oh, the the ball got caught in the wind. You know, the, the receiver didn't turn around. Yeah, checks in the mail. Yeah, stop. the dog the dog gave it. Enough. Enough. Let's stop. Get it done or move over. Yeah, That's exactly. It. That's it. 130 million. Shut up. Get it done. I don't want to hear about it. No. No, no, truthfully, the only thing I want to see, I want to see Jalen Hurst throw a pass. I want to see him throw an NFL pass. I don't care about Wentz. Bench him, not bench him. Play, fumble. I don't care. You put Hurts in the game. I want to see him throw two to three NFL passes a week, which if you're going to put him out there behind center, like if you if there's no respect of the defense that he's going to throw a pass, putting him out there is a blown play, Doug Peterson. That's bottom line, blown play, because you know that something is going to go through Jalen Hurts and he ain't throwing the ball. So what's so, the defense have to do? I, no, I get it, I get it. So Amber says, can we talk about Josh? I'm going to the Texans. I'm guessing Amber's a Houston Texans fan, uh, and I guess Josh M is Josh McDaniels. Uh, which makes perfect sense, right? Because Romeo Cornell will not continue to be the head coach in Houston. So I lo- eventually Josh is going to go. And this is, this is, but here's the thing. I still think Josh has the handshake agreement that he's going to be the heir apparent to Bill Belichick. I think that's why he stays. He left once, didn't work out, came back, right? And I think he's the heir apparent to Bill. And I think after this year, I think we might really start to think, see Bill talk about and, and you know, and explore the opportunity of retiring from the game of football uh, as a head coach. I really do. I think that may be it. So, uh, Amber, I don't know. I, I, you know, it could he – is that a destination? Absolutely, and I think there'll be more destinations as the season goes on, uh, obviously, but I, that is going to be a really good spot for somebody. Uh, we definitely do know that. That's for sure. So Does, let's, let's, uh, does he uh, – no, last thing. Does he want to be the heir apparent in New England? I, I don't I mean, think, look at look at it. Belichick yeah, goes. We just talked about Belichick and Brady. They both had, leave. He's had multiple opportunities to leave, though, and he hasn't because right? he's had those two with him. I think yes, that's what he wants. But he was hoping that he would inherit a culture or something that would be more than what it's looking like with 
Cam Newton, Jared Stedham, and whatever else they have. And according to Bill Belichick, their cash-strapped uh, team. Yeah. yeah, stop, Bill. I, I don't want to hear it anymore. I'm done. So let's go from one superstar to the next. And and we're going to roll right in to some 76ers talk here. And Andre, Al, I know you guys are waiting for this. If you guys are listening, here we go. Okay, obviously the 76ers right now have had a tremendous offseason when we talk about coaching and management. Uh, no player movement yet, obviously, but we're talking about uh, – oh, wait, I'm sorry, hold on. Amber says, no, Josh McCown went to the Texas. <laughs> Josh McCown. What? Where'd that uh, come from? Yeah, exactly. Josh, Josh McCown's earning. He is. He's, he's earning a paycheck to sit home in Texas as the emergency quarterback for the uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles, which is amazing. Uh, but getting to the 76ers, listen, they, they made some tremendous strides, okay? And, and what you, you bring Doc Rivers in. And we talked about that. Highly respected coach. You, you changed the game with that. You overpaid for Doc because you had to. Because why wouldn't you? Why, again, at the end of the day, you always have to overpay to get the guy you want. That's what the market thinks. Then you bring in Daryl Morey, right? You bring in Daryl Morey, which a tremendous. Daryl Morey was done. He was done. Okay? So, again, I, I, I'm going to open this up right now because I, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say it once. I said it a thousand times on this show and every show i've ever been on where there's smoke there's fire okay at daryl Morey was ready to retire and go watch his kids play sports then all of a sudden okay within two days he's being talked about as the president of basketball operations for the philadelphia 76ers do you think for one second that that deal didn't come with a handshake to say you do whatever you need to do to get us a ring Okay, that's exactly what happened. And Daryl Morey knows how to draft. Daryl Morey knows. Okay, everybody says, what does he ever want? The thing is, we're talking about being competitive right now. Let's be competitive. Okay, right now you have one of the best young players in all of all of the NBA. Uh, maybe, maybe two. Okay, we're not sure. We, we're not. But when the talk comes out about James Harden coming to the Sixers and Listen, at the end of the day, we all we know that the only way James Harden comes here is if Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons goes out, okay? And and the word is, listen, all you don't have to be a rocket scientist to see what's going on. I, I, I'm going to say it easily. Daryl Morey has been talking about Joel Embiid as the franchise player, not Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. He had Zoom calls with Joel Embiid, posted the tweets with Joel Embiid, Nothing with Ben Simmons. What is that telling you, right? What is that telling you? So my opinion right now, and I said it yesterday on the gambler, I'm going to say it again. Ben Simmons is not going to be a sixer in December. Before the season starts, Ben Simmons will be traded. That's the way I feel. Do I agree with it? I don't know. But what I will say is, if, just if, and only if, I'm going to bring you two guys right into this conversation right now. If you get a phone call, you're the GM of the Philadelphia 76ers, and the only move is, Mikey Goose, this is what I want you to say. Uh, yeah, listen, man, we know you got Ben out there. We got James. James is a little unhappy. You know, he, he wants the best shot to win a ring. What about we do a flip? I give you James. You give me Ben. Are you do straight up? I just want to hear, are the 76ers a better team with Ben Simmons or James Harden? 
Uh, without question, it's James Harden. Without question. Right? Without question. Right. Without question. So I'm like, what's what? Why is everybody giving so much flack about? Oh, you can't trade Ben. Again, you know, we, we talked about this on previous episodes. I'll say it again. I don't know what the love affair is with this guy. He's a generational player. He can do this. He can do that. I don't know. I'm from the old school, okay? The guy can't make a free throw, and he's afraid to shoot a three-pointer. He's garbage to me. I don't care what else he can do. I don't care. I don't want this new generation of he's a generational player. He can't shoot a three-pointer, and if he can, he's afraid. The guy is a head case. He's too fragile. Ever since that Kardashian mess, he's been off the he's been off the rails. That's what I think. I think he's done. I don't. Want, I'm just finished with the guy. I'm. I think the whole process was cursed from the beginning. Honestly, man. I mean, it's really karma by tanking all those games, and we got stiff from Danny Ainge with faults, and then we got a head case in Bed Simmons and Okafor, and it's just one mess after the next, man, and it's terrible, and I hate to say it, and I don't mean to break your heart. Trust me, that's the last thing I want to do, but James Harden is a di- – the guy is a different kind of player. I mean, he's one of the, the best player. Come on, man. I mean, it's no-brainer. Andres. Why would they even do that deal? I would never do that deal. Who, who does that? That's, that's what I'm saying. I mean, Andre says he was in Canada yesterday. He's got, he says, I got to tell you, the big talk is defense. Conversations are about who and what we need to compete with Brooklyn. Harden was mentioned, and he got leave because of his scoring. Ben isn't going anywhere, but Harden will be a straight-up deal, if anything. Here's the thing. I know Al, Al and Andre can be very passionate about this, which I love. Al says Ben is 24 years old. Harden yes, is 30. thank you, Al. Go ahead, John. Absolutely not. Talk about it. That's the biggest thing. There is no question, and, and it comes down to what is the motive. I mean, every team wants to win a championship. But at the same time, you don't want to sacrifice one year just for, you know what I mean, if it doesn't make sense. Ben Simmons is a better long-term player than James Harden. There is no question if James Harden comes in here for this year that the Sixers have a better shot at winning a championship. And with Ben Simmons here, I would say there's no question that it's questionable if the Sixers ever win a championship. With those two, but having a, you know, I mean, having Ben at his age is such a trade chip. You got to get the right value and a straight up is great for Philly this year, maybe next year or whatever. It's a perfect fit. Yes. But what what kind of hole are you digging yourself in? Uh, Even though we've already dug into Al Horford and Tobias Harris. Well, here here's what I keep saying. Okay, again, it's about the trophy, right? It's about the trophy. So I went through this three years ago, and I got it. Listen, I know he's not listening, but my man Philly Mike from the Green Legion, okay, me and him were going nose to nose in the studio because I said I would trade for Kawhi Leonard in a heartbeat. Okay, and he said there ain't no way, never, with future, da da da. All I said was, if you put Kawhi Leonard on his team, we win a ring. Well, lo and behold, the Toronto Raptors put Kawhi Leonard on their team. They won a ring. Does anybody give a shit that that, that Toronto didn't win last year? No. They care that they won a ring already. So all I'm saying is, we, we listen, we've been through so much in Philadelphia. So much of the tanking process, right? We've been, we've been even back in the day with the Sean Bradleys and the Charles Shackelfords, right? And think about the players. The, the, I, just think about it. Ultimate is Smith 
right? You know, like, oh, my God. What? Think about it, right? At the end of the day, I want to win. And if you tell me right now that I can get 36 points per game, 30. Listen, if you do this deal straight up, what are you losing with Ben? Please tell me. Yeah, like he's going to turn into this like amazing three-point shooter. And no, never. He's always going to be a head case. I don't care if he's young or not. You're right. I mean, yeah, you're risking talent. No doubt about it. But what, I, haven't you seen enough with Ben Simmons? I have. I, li- listen, I think we've seen what he is. Right, I think we know what he isn't. What he is, and I like to listen. I think the guy, Mike, I, I, I completely understand. He is, he is a generational talent. He is, he is. But at the end of the day, I'm asking again. Okay, if Ben Simmons leaves this team, what do we miss if we get a guy back like, like Harden? What do we get back? Listen, and, and again, it, I'm not even saying it has to be hardened. What I'm saying is, why do people, and that's just a rumor right now, okay? But it could be Bradley Beal. It could be Devin Booker. The thing is, you bring somebody in that can score, a shooter. Isn't that what you want? You mean to tell me that's not what that, listen, there's a reason why, and I'll say this before you get to you, John, that you can talk. The, the one thing I will say is there's a reason why, first it was Chris Paul, now it's James Harden. Ding, ding. What do they want? A point guard. They want a point guard. That's not Ben Simmons. Think about it. That's what they want. They want a point guard. They want a traditional point guard who can score. And that's not Ben Simmons. So what I'm saying is it's so much easier to fill the Ben Simmons role than it is to fill the point guard role with Ben Simmons. Just my opinion, especially point. 36 points per game. Good point, yeah, John. Yeah, no, 100%. Look, I mean, there's so much, you know, we started with the Ben Simmons and Harden talk and the age difference. And, I mean, every league is different, but it's am I playing for now or am I playing for long term? And there's always luck and injuries. And just because you go and get that thing that you think is going to put you over the edge, maybe it's not. You know what I mean? There is so much that is involved. So I'm always the type. I mean, it's every person has a different opinion. It's risk versus re- reward. You know what I mean? It's it's. Would you rather go slow and steady or boom and bust? There's no right answer. Everybody's different. But look, I mean, there's luck, there's injuries involved. No, I don't see this team with Simmons and Embiid. But my biggest thing, and I don't know how long we're going to stay on the Sixers, but I, so I'm going to speak my piece now because because <laughs> uh, you know I, I'm I'm you guys got a lot more to say. To me, it would have been so much better. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. It would have been so much better to get rid of Brett Brown a year ago. To actually see like what we had under a different coach. Now you got all these different moving parts and you're trying to do it. You don't know, you don't know even technically if you maybe you could maybe Doc Rivers whoops uh Embiid and Simmons into shape or put some urgency into them or, or starts repercussions like you know, just like we said about Peterson and Wentz, like yo, I'm not saying that they're gonna get benched, but it's like 
do you guys realize what legacy you could have and how you're blowing it? Like, figure it out. Like, that's what a good coach does. But it would have been nice to see that a year ago, you know, before we're having to worry about making moves or Harden and Simmons is done. Like, you don't know what the coaching could have did for these two if it was done right. Hindsight 2020. No, you're right. You're right, but I will say this. The reason why I think Doc Rivers got this job is because I, I think he walked in and he said that Joe and Ben cannot play together. Quite I, possible. I, I, and I think this is something this was whispered through. Because, again, I, and I could listen, I know, and with all due respect to Andre now, I know they're, they're, they're more on their game than, they, than me when it comes to the NBA. Okay? I, I just see it in their comments, and I see what they write. They're tremendous. What I will say, though, from what I understand, as a peewee coach, when I coach basketball, I, I always said work the ball in to work it back out. Okay, work the ball in, command the double team, work it back out. So when your point guard is Ben Simmons that you're working the ball out to who doesn't shoot, I think there's a problem. So when I think they realize that, and I think they understand that. And uh, listen, I love Ben, and I said this before, I, I've been on the show saying I don't think Ben needs to shoot in this, in this style offense if they surround him with other players. But for right now, I think – this makes too much sense. And, yes, I would gladly take Bradley Beal. I love Bradley Beal. I would gladly take Devin Booker. But, again, we're not getting any of these guys unless we're giving up Joe or Ben. And I just think that you keep – listen, I, as much as I want to get rid of Joe instead of Ben if I have to decide the two of them, if you're going to bring in a guy like a Booker, a Beal, or a Harden, then, yes, I, I'm all for saying I'm a flip Ben for that. I, I, I want a ring, man. I want to win. I'm done. I'm done trying. I'm done waiting. Let's wait a year. Let's wait a couple years. Stop. Done with that. Done. We waited long enough. I think it's well said. I don't think there's really anything else to say. Yeah. I mean, well, we're going to go right into the top five. And this is where the show's going to get interesting. Oh, uh, look, Al, Al's giving me the question marks. Al's giving me the question marks. I don't know if he's giving uh, Andre real fair. Andre says, remember what I said about getting a coach? I said, we're getting a coach that is. I turn with the culture and social issues, Doc Rivers. We're going to do the same with the player addition at the guard spot. We are heavy at the guard positions, but no substance there. My, my thing is, I don't want a Band-Aid, man. I don't want a Band-Aid. I, I don't. He, and, and Andre said, we'll, we'll screenshot this. Paul, CP3 going to the Lakers book. And I like that. Good for, the, good for them. They could definitely use that. So I want to do something fun. And, again, we got about 15, 20 minutes left before we get in a little music. Okay, talk about uh, – uh, I'm going to make Mikey go nuts with a little Ruben Amaro Jr. Okay, yeah. but <laughs> we're going to talk your NBA Big Five. So there was a thing – ESPN always puts these things out, and they talk about, you know, top fives, top fives, top fives. They put something really interesting out to me. They started building their top five. And, it, listen, they, they put a guy at every single position. You name the great at that position, you give me your starting five. That's they did. Uh, I, you know, I can't remember exactly who it was on their team. Uh, I, I, but what I could say is the options are endless and, and, and I like doing these kind of segments on these shows because I like going and, you know, diving into other people's brains, especially with the comments that we get and, and the people we have on board, it, it, it shows you the diversity between people and what they're thinking of who they would like to play. So I'm going to listen, John, I'm going to, I'm going to start with you because you're the guy of, of, so the least amount of words of everybody here. And again, I, instead of going one back and forth, especially in basketball, it, it, exactly because we're in the NBA. I want you to give me your big five, 
tell me you're you're starting a blacktop game right now. You're the head coach. You're the GM. You're saying, yo, I'm in the schoolyard. I'm picking my boys. This way, these are my five. Who you rolling with? Who is the Coker all-star team of top five in the NBA? Look, you know, before the podcast, I said, I need to understand what this big five is. And you explained it. All right. So, look, I, I'm, I'm going a little hybrid, but, it, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be a lot old school. All right. I mean, we can talk about the best and, you know, the guys. And, yeah, I'd love to have Jordan, Kobe, and, and, and you know, LeBron, other top three. Uh, look, I'm, I'm going simple. It, I want Magic at point guard. I want Larry Bird shooting. I want Shaq in the middle. And then you give me one, one of where, – where do you want to put Jordan, Kobe, and LeBron? Give me them in the other two spots. If I can't get it, then give me Carl Malone at power forward. Oh, no. No wow. man on this show. No. He's the biggest All right, then I'll go Then I'll go to – then I'll go – Wow. I'll go, okay. I'll go to – I'll go Tim Duncan then. Oh, that's cried it. About, he cried for months. Oh, Jordan hit my head. Jordan, listen, dude, you couldn't beat Jordan. Okay, Carl? And you know what? You went to Monday Nitro with Diamond Dallas Page. Okay? And you, oh you, that, that's what you did. Because you couldn't win the big chip. That's what you need to do. All right. Let me tell you two things. First of all, if you're going to bring wrestling into this mix about Carl Malone, I want to hear nothing of it because we're talking about the NBA number one. Number two, Carl Malone on this team is going to score three points and get eight rebounds because everybody else is hitting every shot and doing everything that needs to be done. Okay. Fair argument. I, no, I, I, I can give you that. I just think he's a bitch. It's just my opinion. Mike, you're up. <laughs> wow. I wasn't prepared for that. Uh, okay, so I'm going to go John Stockton one. There's no surprise there. You know, that was my boy. Johnny I'm going I'm going AI two because that's my boy. They're all my boys. I'm going to go LeBron three, Sir Charles four, and Kareem in the middle. I like that squad. That's where I'm going. I like a little bit of everything. I like it. I like it. I listen, John Stockton, man. The dude knew how to dish the rock. Oh my god! Think think about the the, now. How many assists did he have a game? Well, uh, he had a lot. He always led the league in assists. Always, and he always had a bunch of stiffs on the squad. Always, Greg Ostertag. Yeah, there was (laughs) only two of them. Every Greg Ostertag. Wow. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Think about Stiffs. it. Stiffs. Stiffs. Matt Harpering. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Georgia Tech's finest, Bobby Kremens. Uh, Matt I, I like Harp- that. These are names I haven't heard in years. Yeah, man. Yeah, I like, so I that's like my that squad. squad, though. I like that squad. All right, uh, who do you got? I, I'm, I'm very curious to hear who your squad is. So, Andre's second in real fast. He's going, or Al's second in Magic, Jordan, LeBron, Barkley, O'Neal. I think, I think that's kind of like the consensus there. Right. Okay. I, I have Barkley at the power spot. Because the round mound and rebound to me, uh, you know, listen, just with his attitude and his grit, uh, you know, he played uh, what he did. The, the player he was in Philly wasn't even close to the player he was in Phoenix. Uh, that player he was in Phoenix, he was unbelievable. And and that team, think about the team with Paul Westfall that should have won if it wasn't for John Paxson, KJ, Richard Dumas, KJ was just Dumas, Dan Marley, Tom Chambers. 
I think about it, I, they had. I mean, that was a tremendous squad out there. Oh 100%. yeah, one hundred percent. Andre checking in. He says Hakeem at the center. Then he's going AI Jordan, LeBron, and Kobe defense and offense. I, lo- I listen. That's 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 a running gun squad. That's just, that's a, that's a killer squad. That's a yeah. bomb squad. That, that's Hakeem just cherry picks all day long. That's he does. He just cher- and lets the four run, man. It lets the four run. So I'll go at the point again for me. And no disrespect to John Stockton or to anybody else, Steph Curry has got to be my point guard. There will never, ever be another guy to be able to shoot the rock from the outside. like Not like that. You're right. Uh, Unbelievable. Unbelievable. At the two, as much as I love AI, if I'm going strictly by position, I can't put anybody except his airness at number two, the greatest guy to ever play the game in Michael Jordan. Number three. My small forward spot, I'm going with the best shooter in the game ever in Larry Bird. I don't know how you don't pick Larry. The guy just hit everything. Uh, number four, we talked about Sergeant Sir Charles and in the center. To me, Shaq, I, 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 listen, I tell my boys, I tell kids I coach all the time, go back and watch some films of Shaquille O'Neal. Okay, go watch watch him in his later stages in Orlando and when he got in the Lakers. He was unstoppable. Unstoppable. No, right? I mean, I I think people forget how dominant he was. You watch, it's like, oh, my God. When he abused the Matumbo, just abused the Matumbo. More than anything, like, I mean, he was amazing on the court, but he was just fun. He is just a fun dude. He's rapping with Foose Snickens, man. Foose Snickens. Like, I'm sorry. Like, he's Jack Diesel. Fun dude. Jack like, you and, and he would just, like, say some stupid comment in his deep voice, like, uh, you know, that's how we do. And he'd give, like, an eye wink or something, and that's it. Shaq was the man. Molly checking in with Magic, Kobe, Bird, Duncan, and Shaq. That's another squad, right? Can't argue with that. Magic, squad. Kobe, and Bird connection, right? Yeah, Duncan always flies under the radar, you know? We you just know always forget about him. He was quiet, right? He was quiet, but... Yeah. Uh, it was good. Uh, listen, Andre says no. Watch about LSU. Hey, uh, listen, I'll, just watch the movie Blue Chips, right? Watch the movie Blue Chips. Wow, numbers, right? All you, all you, all you have to do is put highlights of breaking backboards. Shaq's going to come up every single time. Yeah, he broke so many of them. So Al wants to know. Al's asking me, "You're leaving LeBron off the team?" Listen, Al. No disrespect to LeBron, but if I if if, if I'm going by threes, right? LeBron's going to play the three, right? He's not going to play the two. He's going to play the three. So I'm sorry. I got to go Larry. Uh, it, it's only because of the way my team's constructed, right? I already have I already have Michael. I don't think you have Michael and LeBron. You got to go either or, in my opinion, right? So that that's the only reason why. Now, if you take Michael out, then I go. Le- then maybe I go LeBron. Maybe if I, I go Mikey, Mikey Googs around and I put AI to two, maybe I then I go LeBron. But I, I need a shooter on his squad. Okay, him and Steph, they're not missing anything. Larry Bird and Steph Curry on my team is not missing anything. Michael Jordan post up all day long. Charles Barkley, every rebound, and Shaq is just killing people in the middle. 100%. Um, Who comes off the bench, too. That would have been nice. Oh, yeah. coming off the bench. I'll tell you what. I I, I will go around right now. Just give me two bench players right now. I'm I'm getting shooters off the bench. Give me Ray Allen and Reggie Miller right now. Wow. Ray Allen and Reggie Miller. That's who I want coming off my bench. No Robert Ory? No Big Shot Big Rob? Bob. Big Shot Bob. Uh, Rick checking in. Curry, MJ, Bird, Duncan, and Chet. Me and Rick have the same exact lineup except Duncan for uh, Charles, which is another really, really good one. Yes. Um, oh, unbelievable. Molly says, 
He had a sculpture made out of all his broken backboards. Talk about Shaq. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, but again, I love these concepts, you know, because they, they bring up the light. Everybody's, you know, their, their fandom and also their education with who played in the back, you know, back in the day, who really means a lot to this game and to us as sports fans and analysts. So uh, really, really good segment. Hey, John, before we move on to the Phillies, Jenna's checking in. She, uh, she asks you every week, John. Okay, I know we're going to get this on the fancy firebox. I do, but she wants to know, will Michael Thomas play for this week? This is for John, specifically for the Pittsburgh guy. She's asking you, John, will Michael Thomas play this week? I will give him a 65% chance playing. Okay. I I I have him on the team, but I keep sticking him in the lineup. And then, like, two days pass, and I got to yank him back out again. It's crazy. I I don't get it, man. It's unbelievable. Uh, Something, something's going on with him, too. Him and Alshon. Must be doing something together. Yeah, definitely. Who knows? But now I'm going to get to, we're going to swing this. Okay, we're going to get to the the Phillies real fast. And before we talk music, we're going to end the segment on music uh, because I I really like the conversation we've had with music uh, at the final thoughts. Philadelphia Phillies are now with still without a general manager. Right, they've kind of took guys. You heard Andy McPhail. He sucks. He's terrible. You listen to him talk. Right? He just gave us eh, yeah, number one priorities, JT. And, you know, we're really not interviewing anybody. Oh, I'm so tired of that. So tired. Nobody's interviewing anybody, right? Nobody's said, whatever, Andy. Go go back to the ranch. Go milk your cows and just go bye-bye, okay? I don't need any of that. But what I will say is one guy, and I know Mike's going to love this, but I tell you, Right now, because this guy interviewed for jobs with the Angels, with the Mets, I bring back Ruben Amaro Jr. Okay, <sighs> I, I, I listen. I, I before you say all, oh, let 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 me just say, you know, some of our finest moments in this town, okay, are because of Ruben Amaro Jr. Say what you want. Okay, so right? what? Which ones? Okay, so number one. <laughs> it's like which ones? Number one, I understand this was Ed Wade's team. Okay, we could talk about the the same thing with the Tony Dungy team and John Gruden, right? We we talked about it in football. The same deal. I get it. Pat Gillick comes in, he makes a couple moves, but Pat Gillick, he was a genius. That's why he was so good. I understand that. Okay, but what Ruben Amaro did, just because what he did didn't work, wasn't because he made the wrong decisions. Are you telling me right now? Ryan Howard should have never been locked up. Would you have not given that extension to Ryan Howard? I think he had to at that point, right? I mean, well, 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 well here's the thing. This is, my, this is my point. He couldn't help that Ryan Howard blew his Achilles out, right? He couldn't help that. If if Ryan Howard doesn't blow his Achilles out, 100%, that is a great sign. Say what you want. He goes down again, already historic in a four-year period, but he goes down even more historically as one of the best, if not the best, player to play for the Philadelphia Phillies ever because of the numbers that he probably would have put up if he didn't blow that Achilles out. It's still painful for me to watch. He brought in the four aces. He went, went every, listen, Ruben Amaro did everything he could to give us another championship. He went and scouted in the Dominican again. Pedro, who's your daddy Martinez? And said, you know what, Pedro? I, I, we want you here. And guess what? Pedro pitched phenomenal for his age. I guess for for us in 2009, right? Went into New York. Who's your daddy? Everything and balled out. Okay. And at the end of the day, Ruben Amaro kept the nucleus together. 
That's what he did as much as he could. And I'm like, honestly, and you know this as well as I do. And John, I, I you may or may not understand. I don't, I don't say that in a mean way, but just because I know the way me and Mike would talk with each other. If we would have got rid of Chase Utley and we would have got rid of Jimmy Rollins and we would have got rid of Ryan Howard, we would have been killing Ruben Amaro Jr. No, he kept them. But instead, what we did was because we couldn't win at the end. Oh, he hold on to him too long. He held on for him to stop. Again, he gave the thing I loved about Ruben Amaro Jr. was he was a fan first and a GM second. And say what you want. And the reason why I liked it is because he felt it. He had the passion and he lived with us, the fans. He did. He, he never soured on an interview. He was straight up about everything, and he did everything he could to get us another ring. He did everything in his power, and even, I'll tell you what, he goes down as an absolute genius if that move for Cliff Lee works. Think about what he did. Knew, knew he was going to re-sign Cliff Lee, traded him, tried to get three top prospects for him, okay, knowing he was going to get them back. They just didn't work. So think about if that would have worked. Who does that? Like I and, and again, you you hear on commentary. Listen, just last year you heard him on the commentary. The guy knows his stuff, man. Uh, so at the end of the day, Mike Ned Rice or Ruben Amaro Jr. Right? Th- th- I mean, this is what we're talking about. This is why I say, listen, if Ruben wants to come back, I think he's got to go to the top of the list, man. I think he's one of the best candidates they have. I'm not going to disagree with anything you said, but, you know, you, you had a couple of zingers in there too, man. The Hunter okay. Pence thing, I mean, what was that? Trying. Trying. Yeah, I guess he was trying. I mean, what about holding on to Dominic Brown like he was the next? What was that? That was tough, right? That, uh, Michael Taylor, Andre. Michael Taylor. Taylor. I mean, he just had a – look, I'm not – you brought a lot of things to light that I didn't realize, all right? So, but I just feel that, I don't know. It's like an oldie. It's like a regression. It's like you're stepping back. Why don't why don't why don't we just why don't we bring back Jim Fergosi while we're at it? All right, let's get Ruben Amaro back in here. We'll bring in Jim Fergosi. You know, we'll smoke cigarettes in the dugout, and uh, you know, we'll we'll go back there. You know, no, I feel like and look, everything you said it. might be right, I but I just it. feel like it's a regression. You know, like uh, give me the next Billy Bean. You know, let's let's talk about that. Oh, you know? I'm with you. Give, give me the, with- give me that. Give me the next flavor. I mean, I don't want to jump all in to say, hey, we, you know, I mean, everything's sort of following statistical models anyway. But, you know, I want the next guy. I don't want to retread. Well, that's the thing. I, I completely agree with you. I, I get it that I, I, my, my point is we're sitting in a dysfunctional franchise right now that even doesn't have anybody in place. Right. Right. And, and, and we're, we're, get, we're getting told that we're not interviewing people because of COVID and the pandemic when all these other teams are interviewing 10, 15 candidates. It's all bullshit. It's bullshit. It's, right. It's complete bullshit. Yeah, it is. Right? It definitely it, is. Yeah, it's a, it's a complete sellout. So at the end of the day, I just think that if this guy's interested, I, you know, obviously it's a topic for conversation, but I, I was a, a huge proponent of Ruben tomorrow. Right. I was only because. Of all the stuff that I said, and and I I know, and I didn't do it, and I should have, just didn't have time. But there were some really, really interesting trades that he made at the end that benefited us tremendously. The Jonathan Papelbon trade that he did on his way out benefited yeah. us yeah. tremendously. Yeah, under the radar. Forgot moves about that, that one. People forget about under the radar moves that people forget about. One hundred percent. So John, it's your you're up, my man. Okay, so 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 here so 
So just, just, I want, I want everybody to focus on this for a second. We're, and we're going to throw a trivia question up one more time, okay? But you know, between myself, I started to add music to the show. Monkey Gooks had a great concept because John was talking about. He happened to pull a CD out of. You see all the CDs lined up behind them, underneath the wall clock, okay? <laughs> wall That's clock, not right? a clock. It's not a clock. That I but have John, to say, it's, it's Steelers o'clock all the time. Right, John has these. It is. You, you wouldn't think that John's a music guy, right? Uh, you know, you just look at John and he's like, ah, you know, John's listening to some ACDC head banging. You know what I mean? Like, but at the end of the day, some of the stuff that John has come up with has really been out there. So we came up with this idea. Mikey said, "Yo, we got to make this a segment." He said, "We got to have John just pull every week." John's going to pull a CD out. We have no idea what it is. He's going to tell us what he's pulling out. And then we're just going to comment on it. I, I can tell you, John, John is going to have some music gold. So this is quite, right? John's already laughing. But uh, no, you well, uh, John, you can't look at it either. You got to pick it out randomly. No, no, I am. No, this is what we're going to do. Because I no, I have not looked at it. And every CD thing has dust all over it. <laughs> Okay. I love it. So Even better. What, I, Even what better. I did make sure is I counted and stuff. So this is what this is what I have. I have five sections. I know section one through five, and each section has thirty different CDs. So you figure out. You call one section one through five, and you call a number one through thirty, and I'll yank it. Section. So, so section I don't, one through five. Right, that, that, that gives me the section to go to, and then I go one through thirty. Now you tell me how many CDs. Yeah. I mean, you you yeah, pick boy, one, you pick three, whatever you want to do. All right, so yeah, I'm gonna write it down. Then you guys let me go research it, and I'll pull it out. All right, so here's what we got. Let's go section three, okay? And we want to go nineteen. Three nineteen. Three nineteen. Right. Pull it. 319, pull it. Uh, and look, give look, me another one so I don't keep bopping because I got to take my uh, my sound off. We're only going to do one. We're all going to do one. Uh, no, give me one, Tone. Just, in case, might, just in case of mine is bad. Dud. That right. could be a dud. You don't know. Section five. Oh. Section five, number seven. Five, number seven. All 319 right. and 57. 319 and 57. Five, All right. Yeah. Yo, yeah, Mike, you know what 57 is, don't you? I shouldn't. I feel like I should know what this is. I know. You know it's, it, we'll, we'll talk about it all fair. All right. 57, ball washer. Um, <laughs> John, you know, I got to get like a drum roll, bro. Like, like I got to get a drum roll. Like, what, what is going on here? This ought to be good. Uh, look, he look, he, he can't even find his sections. Dude, this uh, is terrible. Oh, oh here we go. This this is, is, this, that's the idea, terrible. John. Yes. Actually, it's probably the worst CD out of whatever <laughs> the number is, is in your picks. I guarantee nobody knows what this is. All right, so which one's this first? Oh, dude. Stick it right up to All the right. camera, John. First one, we got Stone Temple Pilots. Oh, Stone Temple. That's a that's a that's a classic album, though. Yeah, I, I'm I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. That was purchased up at uh, Penn State University, baby. Oh, I'm the point of purchase. That. I like that. 
Now, what's the what, what what's the, the defining track on that one right there? Is that the plush? Well, no, that's the plush album, right? Is that the dead, plush album? Dead and, dead and bloated is my jam. That, yeah, I could see you jamming out the dead and bloated. But yeah. uh, <laughs> maybe we should throw it on just not, for uh, you know, not, see. see maybe I, we have a CD player. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> Not, I want to hear dead and now, bloated. You know, you know what's sad is I t- I I told you that that section five was like really weird. I said it was half half of my uh, wife and this and that. Here well, we go. I, what I ended up finding uh, finding was a high school football highlight oh. CD. West what? Mifflin Titan and Titans. Oh, what? nice. What? John what? went straight Uncle Rico on us. Oh, no, I didn't. Want, no, I told you that. I told you that fifth section was bad before we went on on air, and you and you went to it. Oh my God, what is that? Yeah, exactly. Wow. John, yes. Molly says, is a, "Does he have the VH, VHS player underneath the CD See, player? Maybe I, there's a, maybe yeah, there's a Betamax I, in there I, I somewhere." I said, "I was thinking the same thing." I probably do have one. I love it, man. I love this. I cannot wait till next week now. Dude, if, I, I, if, if you were like two guesses over, we would have had Tupac or something. Or maybe uh, Amy Grant or well, well, I, I don't know. Well, well, we're going to stick to the rap genre right now. The end of the segment because we're going to end this on a music segment. John, tremendous as always. I love it. Uh, now that I got ripped out second. That was five, like the worst seven. segment ever. You no, went. it wasn't. Hey, it was our first yeah. shot at this. No, no, I, it was the first shot, and it was the the worst two numbers you guys could have. We'll called. let we'll let Dave pick like, next week. Dead serious. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I won that bet. We both won that bet. I told you one show it up. Wait yeah. till I talk to him. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, it's it's Coach Dave. Remember, he's got coaching yeah, responsibilities. Coach, Dave. That's, Coach Dave. That's, Dave. that's true. Well, I'm gonna have some breaking news. A, a little like drum roll or something for next week. I drop will play. You know, while we're waiting for John, or maybe I'll even get a little. What, what was that song called, John? Dead and bloated. Dead and bloated. Dead and, Dead bloated. and bloated. Yeah, maybe maybe I'll throw that on uh, while, while you're doing it. That's what I'll do. Dead and bloated. So I'll, I'll grab that. So next week we'll play a little dead and bloated while John's fit, finagling with a CD rack. It's a fantastic right? idea. Uh, but listen, we got to end this show on one of the. So every every week they have, and me and John used to do this at this day in music, this day in fit. There were so many th- these days, right? It's, and what what just happened was the 30th anniversary of rap's first hot 100 number one so this is the first time a rap song was featured as the number one song on the billboard chart 30 years ago november 3rd in 1990 and that song was vanilla ice 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 Baby. I, I'll tell you what. Amazing that that was the first, the first rap song on the first, at, at that debuted at number one, okay? The first Hot 100. The first time on a Hot 100 charts, the first rap song that debuted at number one was Ice Ice Baby by Vanilla Ice. I was shocked, Mike. How could that even be right? With all that, I mean, with, with Run DMC with that run in the late 80s, how could well, that well, be right? I, Billboard I number one. That's what. Bill, well, again, the Hot 100. So again, it says November third, nineteen. Rap cemented its final unignorable mainstream influence with its first ever 
number one single on the Billboard Hot 100, Vanilla Ice, Ice, Ice Baby. It was a landmark year for hip-hop, classic albums like Public Enemy, Public Enemy's Fear of Black Planet, Ice Cube's America Most Wanted, and LL Cool J's Mama Said Knock You Out. Why iconic singles like Digital Underground's The Humpty Dance, A Tribe Called Quest, Can I Kick It, and MC Hammer's You Can't Touch This became essential parts of the 90s pop culture. Check that out. Blown away. I'm really shocked. I was shocked. And, and listen, again, Andre, I agree with you. That wasn't a rap song. It was a pop song, but it, I completely agree. It wasn't a rap song. But again, it, you know, the billboards, like, that's why I was never a big billboard guy. Because they, like, the way they classified music, like, I, I'll, I'll give you an idea. We're going to go down this a, a, a little bit. So they, they, they put these. So here you go. The first rap hot 100 hit. Now, again, the highest, again, I would have never known this, but the highest it ever was was number 36, which was on January 12, 1980, Sugar Hill Gang, Rapper's Delight. Okay, but it wasn't number one. Okay, the first rap top 10 hit was Run DMC's Walk This Way at number four in 1986. Was that, that with Aerosmith? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. That yep. was with Aerosmith, featuring Aerosmith. Yep. Walk This Way. And then the, the first rap act with multiple top 10 hits. I, I love this one. Tone Loke with Wild Thing and Funky Cole Medina. Yeah, they were both big. They were huge. 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 huge right? Uh, and then the first rap the first rap act with a guest credit on a top 10 hit, Eric B. and Rakim, Jody Watley's Friends. Wow. There's a eight. Yo, that's a blast from the past. That's old. Wow, wow. And here's another one. This is this one kills me because this is Al. This is where I'll say again. This isn't rap, man. The first rap group. This isn't even a rap group, but it says the first rap group with a number one hit. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. See, that's disres that's disrespectful. Are you kidding me? It's not a rap group. That's, Wait, dis that's disrespectful to rap. Don't you remember good, vib good vibrations? Crap. That's not rap by any means. Exactly. It's ridiculous. 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 I honestly, I, I just so first song, first rap song to, to, to top Billboard's year end hot one hundred, Coolio's Gangsters Paradise in right. ninety five. What a huge hit that, that was. That was that was big too. That was I, big. I was never a Coolio guy, but that song was big. It says other rap singles that had gotten close were Sir Mix-a-Lot's Baby Got Back, finished at number two, behind Boys the Men's End of the Road in 1992 in the Hot 100. Amazing, man. Absolutely amazing. And the first rap artist with a guest credit on a number one hit, Dr. Dre, Black Streets No Diggity. Tremendous song. Oh, yeah. Uh, right right about that. That was big, too. Oh, yeah. That was big. I mean, somebody, listen, first rap song to debut at number one. Overall, now this isn't the Hot 100. This is the first rap song to debut with number one. Pop Daddy and Faith Evans feature 112. I'll be missing you. Obviously, the song of Biggie's death, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Tremendous song. Tremendous song. And one, I, and two more. First rap song. Again, this isn't even a rap. This is why I hate Billboard. This isn't even a rap song. Yeah. First rap song by a female artist to hit number one. Lauren Hill's "Do Wop That Thing." I love Lauren Hill. Tremendous voice, but that wasn't a rap song. Nope, that wasn't either. No, I feel like they had all the John. They they couldn't really define the genres. 
back then oh, because everything was so new. So they yeah. were just clumping in anything together, right? And that, like, Vanilla Ice was a rap song. We don't know that now. I mean, that's obviously very, very clear. And even the Lauren Hill song, sort of, but not really. It was more pop. It was more pop. Exactly. If you guys picked the right number, we got Lil' Kim in there. Oh, I love Lil' Kim. Oh, you know what? Uh, like, you got to pick the right number, dude. Ready? You, got, you uh, guys picked the high school band, you idiots. I, I didn't pick it, right? Uh, no, Mark, Mark, Mark Molly said the same thing. Yeah, I talked about Marky Mark. Uh, Andre says, I saw Jody Watley topless as a kid by accident at the Spectrum in the dressing room. Long story. We got plenty of time, Andre. You see Jody yeah. Watley. Andre, you're going to have to call in and give us that yeah. story off. Yeah, not just call him. We need to get you on webcam for this. Molly oh, says, I, I love Barn Hill, but definitely. Uh, listen, was there any doubt? I mean, you remember, guys, it's 92. When that Fuji's album dropped, are you kidding me? Like, that Fuji's album, ha- like, nobody ever talks about that album. I beat that album to death. Right? When Killing Me Softly came out, Food, food La La, uh, what? Like, it was like, wait, what are we listening to, man? It was unreal. Everything was on that. Napiez was on that. Um, oh. Ready or Not. Ready or Not was a track yes. that I played a million times. Oh, my God. God, I still was, listen to the Fugees once in a while. Yeah, I I, I, I could get down with the Fugees. And Molly says, yeah, throw back little Kim. Listen, th- th- this is a topic for, you know, and I, we, we got a couple minutes here, so I'd love to get your quick take, and we'll we'll break it down more because I, I hear little Kim being popped off because little Kim is one of my all-time faves. But I think one of the biggest people in the game as a female artist when we talk about rappers gets disrespected as MC Light. I'm a I'm a huge rap guy, tremendous hip hop guy. That's what I love. That's what I listen to all day long. And nobody talks about MC Light, right? Everybody wants to go to Kim, which I love Kim. I do. Everybody wants to go to Kim. I get it. I, you know, I it, I'm not. Listen, I, I hate. To, I'm not a Nicki Minaj guy. So uh, yeah, but MC Light was from a different era. She was the she was a trend. She was the she she broke through. She was the first one, right? Like you said, trendsetter, right? Trendsetter. I, I mean, for me, I, and again, but her voice defined her, right? That was my thing. Like everything about her, and, and then uh, I'll tell you when that little Kim album came out, though. I mean, re- remember that. I mean, oh my God! Like, it was it was so it was so raw and so raunchy, so and you were like, "What?" But the beats were were really tight. I mean, everything went yeah. well with her. Yeah, and, and again, everything. Puffy, right? Comes out with Puffy. You know, she starts off with you know, with Junior Mafia. That Get Money song was ridiculous when that song came out, right? I mean, that was a huge time. But you know, I remember Kim. Obviously, she had some issues. She goes to jail. She comes back out. Uh, you know, she she picks right back up. She was tremendous. Uh, you know, at, at the same time, Foxy Brown had a little bit of time. I wasn't a Foxy guy. She was like, ah, she's all right, right? You know, I mean, she was trying to get in that scene, right? And then you went on later, and you had people like Remy Ma, you know, which I like Remy, but you know, I, I you know, she can't go with people like Kim, in my opinion. That's just no, ma, uh, it's just not. It's no, not even the same. You know what? Point. I disagree. No, I really? think Remy Remy Ma. I oh no, I think get out of here, really. She can yes, and dude, you know I'm not like some new school Remy Ma. No, she can break it down with them, no doubt. No, wow, doubt. wow, Remy Ma. And I will I, say, MC Light, I rock the party. 
which was like one of her later ones. Later. Like that was more mainstream. Yeah, that was like after Lil Kim, I think. Like you're. See, I'm mean? talking like poor time. Georgie, man. No, oh, yeah. I, no, yeah. I know what you're, I know what you're saying, but but that still it was like the. Yeah, she start. She started it. And Andre says, "My cousin worked the production for her show, and I was helping him with the audio cables." While while she was changing, they totally didn't even know I was there. That's the short person. Scarred you for life, Andre. Uh, Molly says, I'm Nikki over Cardi, but prefer Little Kim and Missy Elliott. So, Missy Elliott, here's, what, here's my take on Missy. Genius, okay? Again, she was the puffy to the female game because that's what she did. Her beats... Were tremendous choreography tremendous she had she had the the style she had the knack for picking out talent she was unbelievable right uh nikki over cardi b i'm not a cardi guy even though i will say bodak yellow was pretty hype in my opinion i you know, still the, the way she i, I really like that song uh nikki, put her on the map that put but, her on the map bodak it, it yellow did, but nikki was more like pop no like, she's trash yeah what's that cardi b's trash now yeah i'm not a cardi b guy. complete trash not at all. Nick, 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 yellow was hard. That was nasty. Yo, wow. Yo, yo. wow. <laughs> I wish she would have stuck to that style, but she didn't. She didn't. She didn't. And and who knows? You know, things happen. But I mean, there's listen, I remember watching yo-yo back in the day, right? You like can't when, play with my yo-yo. I mean, she was tremendous. Yeah. <laughs> that was an ice cube find. Remember that Ice Cube found Yo-Yo, right? That's so, right. I, right, and, and another one. Listen, I'll tell you, one person I don't go, on, don't go say the Lady of Rage. No, 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 okay. no. I thought that was coming. I thought well, you were throw a little Afro puffs out there. Uh, one person gets a lot of respect from me is Queen Latifah because only she's very highly respected in the game. I'm not. She's not a hardcore rap or anything like that, but she she's been around. But the person I'm I'm gonna you know brings me to is. I want if you guys get a chance to watch it, please do. the The hip hop evolution series on Netflix is tremendous. All it's right, four seasons long. It's really good. It takes you back to all different genres. They were showing films of Moni Love, and I was never like a Mo like I was like, all right, ain't that a shame? Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you why. She was she was nasty, right? Yes. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. never had any. They were showing some underground spots. I'm watching her spit and and rock, and I, I never understood that she was that good. Like I honestly, I knew nothing. I've about heard things about that. Yeah, I've heard, but I, I I never saw her. I, I'm gonna watch it. What's it called again? It's called Hip Hop Evolution. Oh, okay, all right, I'll check it out. Yeah, it's, yeah, check it out. It's pretty. It's pretty neat. And Andre checking in says Queen Latifah is the first female OG in rap. And that, Andre you know, might be right. Moment. You're right. Yeah, you and I, I, I I agree with it. You and I T Y. Yes. I mean that song. No matter what, when that song comes on, man, it's like. Boom! Like I, I, I'll tell you, tremendous. Uh, but again, everybody, thanks for checking in. Again, we, no, go ahead, John. What's up? I I need another number, dude. I cannot go out on the uh, high all right. Oh band. wait, I gotta get the answer to the trivia question. All right, we'll, we'll get, you know that. what? Tone, why, why, why don't you why don't you pick the section and then I'll Actually, I'll pick no. the number. I was I was gonna say let Andre or Al or somebody pick a well, number. Well, I already got one, so that he's section three. So he was he was part of our section three. So either Molly or Andre, whoever does first, the last two comments. Give me a section. You, you do the number. Eagles. Yeah. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then and then while we're waiting for the section number, the trivia question was actually guessed by Andre, and I didn't give it to him because I seen in the comments what we were going on. Okay, so just to refresh everybody's memory, the trivia question was, 
of Eagles quarterbacks with at least 500 attempts who has the best completion percentage. And yes, it is a sniff. And is our shocker. Good old friend, Sammy no. Sleeves, Sam Bradford. There it is. There it is. Ultimate stiff. And he gets in the Eagles record books. Congratulations, Sam Bradford. Andre, you were right. It was Sam Bradford. Sammy Dude, Sleeves. I feel oh, like boy. that was obvious in our face, and we're thinking back to something. Because he everybody knew he came off that year with, with the completion percentage. Crazy, crazy. I, well, listen, I, I don't, I, I know Thomas said a little long ago, so John, I'm going to give you one so we can get, get things rolling here. How about I give the section of Mike Kicks a number? I'm going to go right section one. I'm going to go section Good, one. Thank you. Two. One, you two. one, two. Give me the uh, one, two punch, John. Here we go. We, we you know, it's going to be like uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation where he's doing his oh, own oh, jump oh. roll. I need his wife to do the jump roll. Uh oh. He, he's happy. Look at Johnny. No, I'm not, no, I'm not happy, but I, I'll take it. I, I'm I'm going to get into our eclectic crowd. Okay? okay. We're going, I mean, there's a lot of juggalos and juggalettes out there. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. What is so it? There What's is, coming? There is insane clown posse up in the, uh, in the CD. ICP? Oh, ICP. We got ICP. But this is not just like a regular ICP. This was one of their little off albums. And it is called uh, uh, the ICP Tunnel of Love. Well, what kind of cover is that? Are we, is that like PG 13? No, I think, I, I think it's still PG. There, there's the Tunnel of Love. Yeah, there's a, no, what the hell was that? Well, I'll tell you what, it was an in between. The CD what? sucked, but. Uh, <laughs> There was a day. There was a day way back when that uh, you know uh, I'll have Fago. What the hell? I that like really? That was like what is that? Like porn goes rap? Like what is that? The tunnel of love. We 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 brought that up before, like the Tony Brown Clyde store. What's going on here, man? And 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 the I just want to think through that whole rap. If if you went, if you went three for Molly. We got Foxy Brown. Oh, that's if the you went three. Episode, right? No, wait, what? wait. The China Doll. That's China Doll, right? Yeah. Uh, that's the yeah. The only song that was ever good was Ill Nana with, with Method Man. That was it. That was like their best song uh, with, with, on, on that album, right? I mean, it was it. I, tsh, oh, unbelievable. That was um, it. Unbelievable. But yeah, listen, John, tremendous. I love it. I listen. It, it's something to talk about. It's, it's suspect. Now I can't wait to next week, <laughs> especially with that last one you just pulled. I cannot the wait. The love tunnel. The tunnel of love. No, I'm just, I'm just annoyed because seventy percent of this whole <laughs> rack is like normal rap. Or or what? The first the first three pulls are convincing our public otherwise. It says that that we're right on point, man. That shelf is full of gold. Right? Yeah, exactly. Because next week they're like, oh, they're going to music segment. Oh, like, dude, I ain't listening to this. It's a high school band. It's a. <laughs> like, well, <laughs> ain't nothing good coming out of there. Well, st- you pu- the Stone Temple Pilots good, very good, obviously respectable. Yeah, but the high school band and the Love Tunnel leaves a lot to be desired, John. So you're gonna have to be on your it game does. next week. It does. Yeah, well, you got you you got you got to get back on your game. Awesome show, guys. No, let's not get back on my game. You guys told me to leave the dust on there and don't touch one thing. And just we're gonna leave. we're gonna let you pick next week. We're not gonna be in numbers. You gotta pick. That's it. Yeah. We're, we're we're gonna get the pick. Actually, no, we're gonna we're gonna send it. I'm gonna tweet it out 
before the show. That's a good idea. Yeah. Tweet it out. Let me give me like 10 numbers and I'll choose three. <laughs> I love perfect. it. I love it. Next and next week we're gonna do next week we're gonna we're gonna talk about see it, it guarantee if we can get Coach Dave on. We'll do a little little draft segment like we talked about. Uh we'll bring that out next week. So again, because we got a bye the week, so we don't have to preview a game. Uh, you know, that that uh, thank God gives us a break. So uh as always, everybody checking in, uh, the crew. I just call them the crew, the heat ratio family. You guys know who you are. I really appreciate it. We all appreciate it. Uh, you know, Coach Dave will be back next week. Hopefully, he doesn't have a game to coach. Okay. But again, heat ratio episode 134. As always, Tony Jigsaw at T 23. Mikey Goose, John Coger at PGH John 36 at Heat Ratio Sports. Again, reviews. Ratings, they help tremendously. I know you're on your phone. Just click the damn five star and give us a couple lines. It's all seriously. Weird. If you're gonna check in all night and tweet and send these remarks, send a couple of reviews. They really help out the show. Yeah, absolutely. As always, and John will send you a free CD from his rack, like yeah. a random grab. If you I tell you what, if you leave us a review, John will pull out a CD and he'll mail it to you with a with his autograph. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Not the love tunnel, though. That one stays. Yeah, well, we, wait, 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 wait. There might be some ladies out there that want to get an autographed love tunnel. It's still free, though, because nobody else I, wants it. I think we're in the wrong stream yard live session for that, but that, that that's for another day. But as always, we say you know, here on the Heat Ratio, as always, stay safe, stay, stay healthy, and we'll catch you next week. Later.